I want to uh, just go on. Uh, we were talking about uh, on Friday night, uh, for those who weren't here, uh, and you should have been, postmodernism and modernism, uh, how throughout history rationalism came in uh, back at the French Revolution, if you remember, and people began to believe that reason could replace God and how we've now come into a, um, a philosophy in society of postmodernism, which means basically that emotion and feelings take precedent over everything and what you feel is right is right. And no longer can you tell people things are wrong You've got to say, well, you know, that's their point of view. What's right for you might be right for you, and what's wrong uh, for you might be wrong for you, but I don't agree with it, but you're entitled to your opinion. And the great God of our day is um, this thing called tolerance. We have to tolerate everything. And it's become a curse in our society. And the whole of our society and the worldview is that you've got to accept anything. And as I said, color prejudice, whether it's black prejudice, white prejudice, yellow prejudice, pink prejudice, is wrong. And there should be law which is right across the board, irrespective of who you are. And the worldview is, well, just give everything away. You've no right to succeed. The individual has no right to lift himself up. In fact, let's all go by bicycle. And when you come and you look at a Christian church, they've adopted some crazy ideals of the world. Anything goes. People are entitled to their own opinion. Well, you've got to tolerate people. That's the way they're made. And so sin goes out of the window. Jesus Christ coming as Savior from sin doesn't actually apply anymore because if nothing's sin, then how can you bring anyone to repentance if you have no law and you have no absolute truth? On what basis are you going to base judgment? How are you going to bring people down and say this is right and this is wrong if there is no standard of truth. And society and the world are pushing away and they're telling you everything's all right. You can take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mix it all together, and whatever you want to take, that's all right. Well, God says it isn't. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to find its way again in preaching the truth and getting people out of this feel-good factor into the reality of life. What God says is right is right, and what God says is wrong is wrong. End of story. Doesn't matter what your culture says, it matters what God says. Doesn't matter what your opinion is, it matters what God's opinion is. 
And since when has man been able to make up his mind and be a judge of what's right and wrong when he was born and conceived in sin, he lives in sin, and in his will is in rebellion against God, and only a man who's met of the Holy Ghost, truly repented and born from above, can believe what God says. And we have to bring people back. We're not looking to make Christianity acceptable to our culture. We're telling people culture is unacceptable to the church. We're telling people that your beliefs don't matter. It's what God says that matters. Your views don't matter. They really don't. And when you start challenging that, people get upset. Uh, eternal punishment. Well, if you have eternal punishment, then you've got to have judgment. And of course, the world wants to do away with judgment. You mustn't judge. You're not allowed to say things are right and wrong. Lifestyles are just lifestyles after all. Anyone can live any lifestyle they like as long as they don't hurt anyone else. Well, that's not true. Lifestyles are important. I believe in marriage. I believe it's right. I believe it's God-ordained in families. I believe, you know, husband and wife have children. I don't believe a family consists of two women or two men. And if you think I'm prejudiced, I am. God did not create Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve. And thank God for it. And so we need to make a stand. And Christianity has to be the salt of the earth. It's got to be confrontational. If you're one of these people that don't want to confront sin and don't want to confront issues, then don't be a Christian. Let's have truth. And truth's the person of Jesus Christ. And let's have reality. So, as far as I'm concerned, postmodernism is out. Modernism, where they were trying to prove the Bible was wrong by reason, is so absurd. Even Darwin had to admit that all his theories didn't stand up scientifically. But no one likes to quote that. God wants us to stand for truth. Be salt in the earth. Fifty-three percent of evangelical Christians believe that there are no absolutes. Fifty-three percent. They're saying there, there aren't absolutes. Just over fifty percent believe hell doesn't exist as eternal damnation. It's actually you, you just cease to exist when you die. How about that? They don't like the idea of judgment doesn't mean it's not going to happen it just means they don't like the idea of it well if they cleaned up their act and lived right what's the problem but then they don't think that way if you take Luther, Calvin, Augustine and many biblical theologians you'll discover that they all believe that the human will was in bondage to sin they all believe that and therefore man, when he made his own choices, it drove him further away from God, not nearer to God. Man left to himself will run from God. Because 
the pleasures of sin are there for a season. No one would commit sin if it did not bring pleasure to them. That's why they do it. And if they're left to their own will and devices, they're always going to go after sin. It'll drive them from God. Now that was how the Reformation was based. They realized, poor old Luther realized that the indulgences that the Catholics were sharing didn't change a man. He merely paid the indulgence, got forgiven for his sin so he could carry on in it. Uh, and when law comes and you say to people, this is right and that's wrong, and you start to enforce law, then the will gets challenged. And you'll find with children, when they are born, you know, they have their own free will, don't they? And they will try and exert their will. Normally the first fight parents have with their children is overeating food. Why? Because before they can speak, they still have a will. And if they determine they're going to do something that you don't want them to do, there comes a clash of wills. And then it's who's going to stand firm and win and who's going to lose. And most parents, soppy that they are, lose. And that's why you get teenage rebellion at 14 and 15 and 16, because the parents never dealt with their kids when they were one, two, and three. Got a deal. We will. There can only be one boss in the house. And it better not be the child. Same with animals. You know, you can even turn to theologians like Arminius, Wesley, and Aquinas. They believed human will is free and must cooperate in the process of salvation. And they didn't view salvation as a solely autonomous choice. They realized that God had to work within. Not that Arminians say that today. It's all up to you. You choose what way you live. Let me tell you something. You don't choose. If God's law doesn't work and God's spirit doesn't work within you, you won't make a personal choice that's going to bring you to God. You can't. If God doesn't sovereignly birth you from above, you'll remain dead in your trespasses and sins, and you'll go to a Christless eternity. You must be born again. And you're not born of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh. You've got to be born of God's spirit. Don't ever think it's your choice. It isn't. Never has been, never will be. That's what's wrong with the church today. People think they can pick and choose. It's postmodernist attitude. It's wrong. Chuck Colson criticizes the feel-good theologies of what he calls the hot tub religion. And he's fed up with a popular running to the Mac church culture. You know, people say, well, church should be like a supermarket. You should go in and it should meet your needs. Well, the church isn't there to meet your needs. You're there for God to change your life. God's not interested in what you want. 
He's interested in what his will is on the earth. And you're here to fulfill it. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And the kingdom coming means his will being done, not yours. It's not you, it's him. It's not a matter of you making your choices. It's a matter of you choosing to fulfill God's will. Finding out what God wants for you. The idea of taking the name of Jesus and doing whatever you want is totally alien to the true Christian gospel. So many people want to come to church, get what they want from it, and they put nothing back. Well, let me tell you, they are thieves and they are coming up the wrong way. And Jesus said, if you come any way but the door, you're a thief. If you climb up another way into the sheepfold. There's only one way to come. It's the way of the cross. Self-denial. If you don't deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, you cannot be his disciple. There's very strict and clear guidelines that God gives to each individual. It's not a matter of you choosing what you want. It's a matter of you choosing to do what God wants you to do. It's not a matter of you making your choices. We need to face what God really wants us to do. What does he want of me? What does he want of you? That's what's important. And the postmodernist idea is to say, hey, you can get what you want. Well, you can. And you can also live in a Christless eternity. You emphasize goodness above holiness. You emphasize right, um, goodness above righteousness. You emphasize uh, goodness above judgment. You emphasize anything and take away part of the attributes of God. And you've made a false God. A God after your image, not after the true God. And don't be mocked, the Bible says. God is not deceived. You can come to church, you can walk in this building, and it's easy for a man to be good for a little while. But what you are in here isn't what you are, it's what you are when you walk out the door. Your business, that shows what you are. Your family, that shows what you are. Your children, that shows what you are. Your relationships, that shows what you are. When you come in here, it's an interlude from life. To hear the word of God, you've got to adjust your lifestyle. If you don't do that and you walk out and you live out there the same, then coming in here is a pointless waste of time. I've got to live what I hear. The word of God's got to become life to me. It's not a matter of just taking a theology or a philosophy uh, and then you just forget it and say, well, that's what I believe and it's some nefarious thing, but it doesn't affect your whole life. If it doesn't affect your life, it's not worth having. God's looking for people who are genuine. God's looking for people who make the right choices. And the right choice is to live his way. Postmodernism is not the way of a Christian. Well, what is the way of a Christian? Christians have got to be different, haven't they? Honest. 
There's only one way to God through Jesus Christ. There's only one true God. Buddha's dead. Muhammad's dead. Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. We have a God who's real. We have a God who's true. And we say there is only one way to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Oh, no, 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 no. There are many ways to God. No, there isn't. There's just one. And you better make up your mind. Only one way to get saved. There's only one who paid the price of sin. There's only one who atoned for sin. There's only one who bled and died on Calvary. The third day rose again from the dead. There's only one who's ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. There's only one who healed the sick, who raised the dead, who delivered the captive. His name is Jesus. That's it. Muhammad, when he died, he stayed in the grave. Buddha, when he died, he stayed in the grave. Harry Krishna, when he died, he stayed in a grave. All these so-called prophets, they're dead. But my Jesus is alive. And he lives. And he's the true God. Son of God. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's it. Only one true God. And when you start saying that, that means everyone else is wrong. See? Everyone who doesn't believe in Jesus is wrong. They object to that. Ah, but we're a multicultural society. Yeah, but most of the cultural society is wrong. Only the ones who believe in Jesus are right. I don't believe in a multicultural society. I believe in Christians. See, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. I'm born from above. I'm a child of God. So are you if you're a Christian. John 15, verse 16 says what? You have not chosen me, but I have and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name he may give it to you now when you come to father whose name are you going to use the name of Jesus look at it I love it you have not chosen me I have chosen you See, chosen ones, and many are called, few are chosen. But the chosen ones, I want you to know, God chose them. If you're a chosen vessel, it's because God chose you. Don't think that somehow it's up to you to make your decision. No, my Bible says, you didn't choose him, he chose you. There's none that seeketh after God, Romans says, no, not one. God's choice. Chapter 16, verse 23 of John's Gospel. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father, how? In my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Jesus wants us to have fullness of joy, but he says, look, if you want something of God the Father, you've got to ask in my name. Ask and you're going to receive. And the reason is that your joy might be full. God doesn't want you to be miserable. Verse 26, At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you, and say, <laughs> I say not, unto you that I will pray the Father for you for the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God I came forth from the Father and am coming to the world again I leave the world and go to the Father you know one thing you've got to understand is if you don't believe that God the Father is the Father of Jesus Christ and you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God himself, you can't be a Christian. I remember years ago listening to someone who said, well, I was a Christian for three years before I realized that Jesus was God. I couldn't believe my ears. You can't be a Christian if you don't know Jesus is God. He's Son of God and God. There's three persons in one Godhead. And Jesus said, look, if you want to ask anything of the Father, you've got to use my name. You see, Christianity and the truth of the true God is very restrictive, narrow. Jesus didn't say, well, you can ask in Mary's name or Peter's name or St. Christopher. You know, there are some people who have little kind of things around their necks St. Christopher's and stuff St. Christopher's dead or they pray to Mary Mary's dead Jesus is alive and he said if you ask anything you better ask it in my name Father knows me the saints are dead Jesus is alive no good praying in some other name there's only one name you can pray in don't pray to Allah he won't answer you you've got to come to God the Father through Jesus Christ that is the whole basis of Christianity there is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved by the name of Jesus we're saying it's a totally exclusive band of brethren who believe in Jesus as both God and Son of God, as the Savior from sin, who's risen from the dead, and there's no other name under heaven. That's it. We aren't postmodernists, we aren't modernists, we're Christians. And we're clear what we believe. John's Gospel, chapter 14. John 14, verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask, what? In my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, 
I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. All right, whose name? The name of Jesus. Don't ever get an idea there's another name. Acts chapter 16. You remember there was a um, verse 16, it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us and bought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now that was true. They were servants of the Most High God. They did show the way of salvation. But the spirit that was saying it was basically to get money. And there's a lot of preachers out there today. And the reason they're out there preaching and they preach their sermons is to get money. And if they're out there, that's the spirit of divination, not the spirit of Christ. And this she did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew him into the marketplace to the rulers. You know, the masters of this woman, when they saw they couldn't get money, and a lot of preachings to do with money. That's their motive. And if it's a money motive, watch out. The trouble is, if you upset their apple cart and you rain on their parade, they get all upset. When you turn around and say, hey, just a minute, I'm fed up with this kind of gospel of trying to get money, money, money. All the churches in London that are geared up to trying to get money. Preachers spend two-thirds of their sermon time talking about tithing and how to get money rather than talking about Jesus Christ. It's wrong not Christianity at all it's divination they're trying to divine money out of your wallet it's wrong God doesn't need your money he wants your heart and if God's met you then you'll live according to his will and do what he commands. And no amount of someone up on the pulpit trying to brown beat you into it's going to work. It's a contract. If you think you give $10 or £10 and God's going to give you 1000 you're also a gambler. And I'm glad to tell you, you're going to lose. It's not biblical. I don't believe in it and never will. Acts chapter 3. And you've heard verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. You remember the story. Uh, verse 3. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking on. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. 
Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I, uh, as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Paul cast demons out. G- um, Peter cast sickness out in the name of Jesus. See, they learn. Jesus said, use my name. You have the power of attorney to use Jesus' name. There is no other name. And here Peter and John were, and they said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And a man got up and he was healed. And uh, you'll find that the rulers grabbed Peter and John and they said, by what power and by what name have you done this thing? They were interested in knowing the name and the power. And when they found it was in the name of Jesus, they forbade them to use that name anymore. People don't like the name Jesus. They don't like Christians standing up and saying there's only one way. They don't like people standing up and saying there's only one name under heaven whereby men can be saved. His name is Jesus. There's only one healer. His name is There's only one deliverer. His name? There's only one you can come to God the Father through that name, the name of? That's it. And when you pray, you ask him which name? That's the name. That's what annoys them. Ah, you see, you're small-minded, you're narrow. We are. We don't deviate. That's it. We're Christians. No one else is going to save you. No one else has paid the price for your sin. No one else rose from the dead. Jesus. And when you start... In this society and in this world, saying there's one name, they get mad at you. Oh, you've got to understand, there's many ways to know God. No, there isn't. You can come to God in many ways. No, you can't. There's only one way. People don't like the idea they've got to come according to God's way. There's salvation only God's way. This is the way. It's in the book. There's no other way you can come. And when you start telling people that, oh, well, well, you know, you're, you're, you're small-minded, you're bigoted. Yeah, we are. If you want to call us that, that's what we are. One name under heaven oh, let's, uh, in Acts 3 um, I love this um, <laughs> verse 12 uh, when Peter saw it he answered unto the people and said you men of Israel why marvel you at this or why you look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk 
the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and kill the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before has showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent you therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. His name through faith in his name. I've got great faith in the name of Jesus. When we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. We walk in his life. We walk in his power. It's only in his name miracles happen. There is no other name under heaven whereby someone can be saved. Peter, he really socked it to them. He didn't kind of push round the, you know, he wasn't one of these people, didn't want to upset anyone. Here's the rulers who with wicked hands had taken and denied Jesus Christ, uh, seen him crucified Pilate was determined to let him go they were shouting out crucify him crucify him you see the trouble is with society today you don't want to offend anyone well there is the offense of the cross if you don't want to offend anyone don't be a Christian because just being a Christian and living a Christian life and speaking a Christian way you're going to offend people and you better get used to it they're going to get as mad as they can at you because the moment you start telling them there's one way and God's way is true and God is the truth and you start pointing to the Bible, then they've got to make a choice. Do they amend their lifestyle or do they live in their sin? And Peter made it quite plain. He said, you need to repent. That means turn from the way you're living to the true God. And there's only one name the name of Jesus and it's faith in that name all that he is all that he's done I believe in it good for Peter well you know they took him to prison they whipped him and then they told him don't you preach anymore in this name and what did they do they gave thanks to God to suffer for the name of Jesus Hey, God's on our side. What's true is true. All right? Philippians chapter 2. Talking of Jesus and being found, verse 8, in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him what? A name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven things in earth 
things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Which name? Above every name in heaven, earth, under the earth. It's the name of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet. It's the name that's above every name. Don't ever believe there's any other name. It's the name of Jesus. And we as Christians know there's only one way into life, there's one way into God. We're not postmodernists. We're not saying whatever you believe is okay and what I believe is okay and you can have your opinion and I can have mine. I want to tell you that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you don't accept this, you're wrong. Not only are you wrong, you're alienated from God and you're on your way to hell. There's only one name. The name of Jesus. And it's been exalted above every other name. I'm a Christian. I want everyone to know. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Only one true God, the Father of Jesus Christ. We're Christians, so we stand against the tide and we declare what we believe. And the book agrees with us. Is that plain? And that's why postmodernism is trying to come into the church and people are trying to tell you it doesn't matter who the leader is, doesn't matter, because they want to take us away from the reality that there is only one Lord, his name is Jesus. There's only one King of Kings. There's only one way to God. There's only one healer. There's only one deliverer. There's only one sin bearer. There's only one who made atonement. There's only one who prays for us. There is only one intercessor. There is only one God. That's it. And his name is above every name. It's wonderful. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead works in us to show us the truth and reality of that name. And when we have faith in that name, and we believe in that name, and we declare that name, miracles happen. Miracle of new birth, miracle of healing, miracle of deliverance, miracle. But the miracles can only happen and be true when it's in the right name. The name of Jesus. And that is what it's all about. That's what the warfare is about. 
Strongholds of Satan are in the mind. They're trying to get us away from preaching in that name. They're trying to tell us, oh, no, 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 you've got to be multi-faith, multicultural. No. <laughs> There's only one true faith. You can't have a faith that's not true. It's not faith. And Jesus said, I am the truth. He wasn't looking for it. He knew where it was in him. Postmodernism, modernism, Christianity. Christianity has nothing to do with modernism or postmodernism. It has nothing to do with the ideas of the world. It has only to do with the ideas of the word of God. What Jesus taught, that's what we believe. Amen? Well, let me have those prayer requests.